Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Five, four, three, two, one. Cue music. This is Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. We do observe movie trends here on Movies First and there is a trend that is growing in the movie industry and that is for a sequel to a movie to come out many, many years after the original. Now, I remember Billy Bob Thornton starring in Bad Santa in the early 2000s, and I have to confess, Alex, first, it's one of those movies that I watched, and at the start of it I thought, oh, this is not great. But I found myself drawn in and watching it all the way through, perhaps in spite or because of its rough edges as opposed to in spite of them. It was no cinematic heights, but it was, in the end, a weird kind of fun. And now... Well, it was... Yeah. A sequel it's has rude. arrived. Yes, it's rude, it's crude, it's ill-tempered. That's why people watch it, right? And But I, I didn't expect there to be a sequel, did you? No, no, not at all. And especially not, what, 12, 13 years down the track. Exactly. And But I suppose, hey, it, it did do much better than a number of people who might, may have anticipated. So we shouldn't be all that surprised. It's kind of... A studio would say, "Well, you know, maybe we can make a little bit more money out of it and uh, and milk it for all it's worth." Well, the anti-hero Willie Soak returns, Billy Bob Thornton, and he again dons the Santa gear. So, I mean, this is a black comedy, and make no mistake that I mean the original was the story of the cynical thief who disguised himself as a department store Santa each winter. So he and his diminutive partner—we're not allowed to say dwarf, are we? Uh-oh. But he is a dwarf. He's now a little person. His name his name was Marcus. So the pair of them could rob shopping centres. Remember that? Yep. That, that was 2003. The film's mordant wit and wild antics managed to strike a chord and Thornton received a Golden Globe nomination for his portrayal of the anti-hero Willie Soak. So, yeah, a lot of people thought a lot of him. And now, having hit rock bottom, fueled by cheap whiskey, greed and hatred, he teams up again with his angry little sidekick, Marcus. Role filled once more by Tony Cox. And they are out to knock off a Chicago charity on Christmas Eve. Of course they are. Along for the ride is the kid. Do you remember the, the chubby little kid in the original? He, have I got this right? I don't think they ever gave the kid's name in the original. If they did, it certainly isn't coming to my memory. Well, no, it was Brett Kelly. Yeah, no, 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 not, not the actor, the, the, the part that he played. I Thurman, yeah. Thurman Merman. Yeah, I don't remember uh, that from the, from, from the first one. Maybe, maybe uh, it was mentioned and it just hasn't stuck. Well, he's, he's now a 250-pound ray of sunshine who brings out Willie's sliver of humanity, mm-hmm. right? He, he's, he's, um, he's been out to paddock a little bit, shall we say. And so that's, that's, he's there, and apparently the actor who played him sort of gave up acting and... He was coaxed back to do this this uh, role again. But mummy issues arise when the pair's joined by Kathy Bates, she of misery. Remember that great movie, the Oscar winner? Yeah, that's a fabulous film. Oh, 1990 goes back to anyway. Kathy Bates joins. She she is his mummy, 
Willie Soak's mummy. Uh, and she's sort of the, the mother from hell. She plays Sunny Soak. Uh, not exactly by yeah. nature, but there we go. She's this super butch, super bitch. And she raises the bar for the gang's ambitions in terms of what loot they can get while somehow lowering the standards of criminal behaviour. Willie is further burdened by lusting after the curvaceous and prim Diane, played by Christina Hendricks. She's one beautiful woman, is she not? She is. She is the charity director of this Chicago charity with a heart of gold and uh, a pulsating, underappreciated libido. Yes, yeah, an interesting combination, I might say. <laughs> you are you are free to comment if you wish. Uh, if not, no, I'll just get in trouble. Yes, exactly. Now, Mark Waters directs from a screenplay by Johnny Rosenthal and Shauna Cross, based upon characters created by Glenn Ficarra and John Requa. And Waters says he was attracted by the prospect of making, and this is a quote, a really raunchy Christmas movie while sleek, sneakily making an actual Christmas movie. Yeah, I think that's probably mm -hmm. reasonably accurate. Large part of the success of Bad Santa was the way that Thornton assumed the persona of Klaus, as in Santa Klaus, um, as in Claus. Anyway, he played him downbeat, slow, deadpan look and delivery. That's again apparent in this sequel. Willie's thieving mother exploited him as a kid, and now she's doing that again as he is an adult. Deep down, notwithstanding their fractured past... Willie still wants the emotional connection with his with um, with his mother, and Sonny plays on that. Cox returns as Willie's short and cranky partner in crime, who swears like a trooper. Thurman Merman, of course, as I said, was introduced. I love that name. Could you imagine? <laughs> What's your name, Thurman Merman? Anyway, uh, was introduced in Bad Santa when he was this young kid and, and now he's grown to manhood, but he still seems, well, he is childlike. He adores Willie, no matter how hard Willie tries to avoid him. He's, he doesn't want to know about him. <laughs> he, was, he, was a, he was a doughball in, in the original yeah. movie. He really was. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he's exactly that. He's now in his early 20s. He's an ingenue with a heart of gold, totally unprepared for the real world. So he, he basically follows Willie around the country. He turns up in Chicago in the middle of winter where it's snowing, wearing, well, shall we say a T-shirt, right, a, a polo top. Uh, also, do you remember he liked, he liked sandwiches? Yeah. Well, he, he's, now, he's now good at making sandwiches. He's obsessed by sandwiches. And, well, Christina Hendricks, she's the good girl with a dirty streak, which Willie manages to bring out in her. So, okay, those who enjoyed the original, I reckon they'll find enough to satiate themselves in the sequel. I dare say for the returning cast and crew, it felt like stepping back into a comfortable pair of old slippers. Political incorrectness, raunchy behaviour, foul language, ineptitude, they're the cornerstones of this franchise. Let's, let's, this is not going to win Oscars, even though I know that I, I mentioned to you that... Uh, You've got Billy Bob Thornton having received a nomination for a Golden Globe. Mm. But this is not Oscar-winning material. Uh, it was never meant to be that. <laughs> it continues the tradition of, of milking the bad, pushing it to the limit with physical and verbal comedy. We've seen more outrageous things uh, in the last year. In fact, remember there was that animated feature 
about sausages. Do you remember we talked uh, about sausage that? Sausage I still haven't seen that. Yeah. Well, it's a sausage I'm not party. Sure. Sausage party. Yeah. Sausage party. Yeah. So there, but and there've been a number of others over the distance that are really pushing the envelope. It, it's you know black humour is something that some people really enjoy and others don't. But yeah, I, I, I mean, if you saw the original, I dare say you want to see it again. But by now we've got sort of half a generation on. So I mean. Yeah, by the way, Montreal stands in for Chicago and Arizona in the sequel. One of the funny moments in the movie was inadvertently created because of the dominant French language that's spoken there. And the director of the piece said, we had a little girl we decided to use as one of the kids who sits on Santa's lap and tells him what she wants for Christmas. We discovered, though, that she didn't speak any English at all. (laughs) And on top of that, she ran her two lines together so the result was completely incomprehensible. Billy Bob Thornton's reaction when he hears this jumbled sentence in French is great. And that's that's part of the movie. And the climax, the major chase scene, takes place during something called SantaCon. Of course there's a Santa of course convention, there's a Santa isn't convention. Of course there is, yes. Yeah. This is an annual event involving hundreds of people dressing like Santa and his elves and going on a massive drunken bar crawl. Right? What could be more fitting to, to end a movie with? Uh, something that sets out to break the rules. So it depends upon what you're after when going to the pictures as to whether or not Bad Santa 2 will hold any interest for you. I mean, it's all about getting down and getting dirty. Do you like doing that, Chris? Oh, look, if, if, we're, if we're talking about the, the, this particular type of movie, like I said, I watched Bad Santa and I, I continued to watch it in spite of myself. Uh, it was good fun in the end and... Uh, I think it was actually saved as a movie by the kid, by uh, by Thurman Merman, uh, because he was just such a such a hopeless character, and he was a real heart of the movie. And I've just had a look to see whether he was named in the first film. Apparently, he was, um, but it just didn't stick in my memory. But the guy who who played him, Brett Kelly, had been living a relatively normal life and had just graduated from college two days before he got the phone call saying, "Hey, do you want to come and do the do, do the grown up version of your role from Bad Santa for Bad Santa 2? He had to put on That's forty pounds to put to put, play the role. Yep. Well, as I said to you, he did sort of give it up acting, and uh, he'd gone on with his life, and yeah. suddenly you get the knock on the door. I mean, good on it. It's terrific. I think it's a nice story. I mean, look, this may be puerile, lowbrow entertainment to some, but inappropriateness and the ability to shock and generate a laugh and a snigger by so doing is its stock in trade, and on that score, it does deliver. So you know, I mean, there were it wasn't as if it was a barrel of laughs. I mean, when I was sitting there in the cinema. There was one, there, my wife, for example, who wasn't all that keen to see it, came along and she enjoyed it far more than she imagined she would. She was, when, when uh, the, the little kids were on Santa's knees, she was, she was virtually wetting herself. My, <laughs> one, of, one of my wife's great attributes is her ability to laugh when nobody else does. And she was just beside herself. So there you go. Uh, I, I mean, I, I reckon it's a six out of ten movie. I know it's been really soundly, roundly panned and... I don't think it should be. I don't think it's as bad as people make out. It's, you know, obviously the first one was the original and, you know, um, um, maybe the script isn't quite as good, but it's it's okay. It's all right. So six out of ten for Bad Santa 2. You've been listening to Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. Subscribe to the full podcast at Audioboom, Stitcher and iTunes or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com. 
Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows.